0: Now let's join Pastor Joey as we study through the Bible.
1: Whatever we think God can do, He can do way more. God is able to do above and beyond all that we could think and ask according to his glory, in his church of Jesus Christ, Ephesians 3. And he frees his time to bring Boaz and Ruth together in the context of his law, working naturally in human events. Or as Pastor Chuck said on this study back in 1979, there's no coincidences with God. It's all just divine appointments working out from the God of the universe in time, space, and matter. And favor is just God." bringing people along from disobedience to obedience to full obedience to discouragement and disheartening. Because you want to say we get favor because we're obedient. And I wanted to kind of give a message like, hey, when you're obedient, God blesses you. But that's not necessarily true. God will bless you when you're disobedient. That's what amazing grace is. That's why you cry sometimes when we sing songs about grace. Because you know you're a naughty little disciple. And you're still blessed. Blessings upon blessings. And that's Amazing. He's not redeeming planet earth with the blood of Jesus Christ, Revelation 5, and the new heaven and earth because we're wonderful people and we deserve it. We're sinners saved by grace. All of our good works are filthy rags. Man, the heart of man is desperately wicked. I'm just quoting scripture. So he saves us by grace and we stumble. We have good days. We have days we feel like we can do this. We have days like I'm done. I'm over. I can't do this. But he's the goel. He's the kinsman redeemer. And this is a a shadow and a type of that. It's like a black and white version of what's to come. Like old school black and white TV, like we say. So the favor that she asked for, the favor that she found, ultimately comes from the Lord. And it's just all part of his sovereign plan. And obviously, if we make good decisions, we put ourselves in a place of blessings, more so than if we don't. But he still blesses us. Like the thief on the cross, what did he ever do to gain favor? Hanging on a cross, humiliated. A thief, a criminal, capital punishment to be mocked at. But he found salvation with Jesus Christ on the cross after mocking him. Favor is God blessing you and me through his son, according to the promises by the blood and in the power of the Holy Spirit. And that favor is spiritual first and foremost for the kingdom and the future glory. But it is practical. It can be economic. It can be financial. There's no, there's no doubt about that. For sure. But it really is about eternal. Because even when the disciples said, we left everything for you, what do we get? And he said, you leave anything, I'll give you way more in this life and the one to come. It's never about the money, but it's about the heart. and of about having the right heart with the Lord. And that's what he's working on in your 80-year journey if you get a full 80. Or anything less than that or anything beyond that. Three times we're told about favor. And the favor of the Lord is the grace of God upon our lives in general through his son, Jesus Christ. Because he shows favor on the unbeliever. When Paul preached to the Gentiles, like Acts 17 and other places, he said, God's been good to you. He gave you rain. He gave you crops. He fed you. He did good things for you. There's a general favor upon humanity. It rains on the just and the unjust, right? But when you come into the kingdom, we're the sons and daughters of the king. And we're joint heirs with Christ. And we call Jehovah God, God of the burning bush, Abba Father. That's the distinction. So truly, tonight, as the Church of Jesus Christ here in the sanctuary and those listening in other capacities, If we're saved through faith in Jesus Christ, in that simple confession of faith, and truly born of the Spirit, disciples of Jesus Christ, we don't just have the general favor of God over this universe, because he loves humanity created in his image, we have the full favor of God as sons and daughters of the King. And let me tell you, as a parent of four kids, I think about how I can bless my kids for time and eternity. I look at my grandkids and I think, how can I pass on generational blessings for time and eternity I'm already thinking like when Clementine, who's now three, what life's going to be like for her at 20. And if I live long enough to see her children, or Wilkie's kids, or Zippy's kids, or Velzy's kids. So you, you older people, you know what I'm talking about here. You understand it. The favor of the Lord. And as we think about the favor of the Lord and how this worked, a couple elements to think about tonight as we seal the food on this. Boaz was the vessel of God's blessings to others. Now, we talked about this Tuesday night. This is the guy you want to work for. You know, there's good bosses and bad bosses. I think there were TV shows in the past. Good boss, bad boss, reality show or something, you know? This is a really good boss. You show up for work, and the boss walks through the door. He's like, the Lord be with you. And the employees go, the Lord bless you. That's a great way to start work. When I was at Joe Gibbs Racing in Charlotte about three years ago, and they just won a NASCAR race, and they have 600 employees at Joe Gibbs Racing. But the Bible talks about how blessed it is when you work for righteous people. Joe Gibbs loves Jesus Christ. Of course, he's the coach. He's in the NFL Hall of Fame as a Redskin coach that won Super Bowls. Then he walked away from football, something brand new, NASCAR Racing, Joe Gibbs Racing. He's won all the things, NASCAR, the D 2500. But I was there, and from the people that are teenagers doing the 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 wheel tire change in 12 seconds training in the back so the people building the cars they got four drivers building the cars i'm there on a monday they're building the cars for next week's race in talladega whatever all these teams all this stuff i saw the whole thing because i was there at the u.s olympic coaches the 14 of us got the tour but then they because they won the race the week before they stopped they stopped the business and um There's a big area, bigger than the sanctuary. It's a big, like, Joe Gibbs' office looks above it. It's like a football field. You can look down and you see guys building the cars for next week's races. And there's the banners of all the races they've won. And whenever they win the NASCAR race the week before, everyone gets a bonus. All 600 employees get a bonus from a win. It's not just the driver that wins. Everyone gets the bonus. So the guy in the back, and the guy's doing the cars, building the cars, Four teams roll out in separate vehicles, separate crews, everything. But they're all one thing, Joe Gibbs Racing. And when they hung the banner that day, they stopped everything. We got to be there. Joe Gibbs comes out, and he's like, guys, great job, this and that. And on this giant wall, like your high school gym with CIF titles, this banner unfolds of the race that was won that weekend. They stopped the business. For 20 minutes, everyone stopped. And Joe Gibbs thanked everybody for the hard work. They did a great job and all this and that. And and it's like he's saying, the Lord bless you. And they're saying, even if they don't serve the Lord, and bless you too, because you just gave us a bonus. And the best thing about it too, by the way, he gets done saying something, he goes, now get back to work. (laughs) It was epic, you know, like that kind of relationship. We call that benevolent leadership in the business world, by the way how blessed it is to work for people like that. Be that person as a boss. Be that parent. Be that individual. Treat people with respect. Elevate them. Bless them. You look upon people, pronounce blessings on them. John Corson, when he lived in our old neighborhood in Costa Mesa, he came down the street barefoot with his coffee in his hand, praying blessings over every house. He'd come by my house, oh, bless Joey. You'd probably be like, you know, like, so rad. Numbers chapter 6 had the the blessing of the Levites, which, of course, Pastor Chuck used to sing at the end of every service at Calvary Costa Mesa. The Lord bless thee and keep thee. And what did we do? He sang it, and if you were there, we sang it back. We ended every service pronouncing blessings on each other. Boaz is the blesser in this story. He's a man of faith. People want to work for him. He elevates people. We didn't read it, but when Naomi finds out that Ruth has got the favor from Boaz, she's like, oh, this is good. This is good. In fact, she said, this is good. And listen to what, because the previous chapter, we left off Naomi saying, call me bitter, call me Mara, everything's bad. She said later on in this chapter, she said to Ruth, blessed be the Lord. So she went from saying, call me bitter to blessed be the Lord who has not forsaken his kindness to the living and the dead, exclamation mark. Boaz, a blessing man, a generous man, a man who cares about people, who asks questions about people, and knows what's going on in his community. He's a blessing man, and he blesses Ruth, and Naomi hears of it, and Ruth, who last time she was basically talking in the previous chapter, said, don't ever call me Naomi again for pleasantness. You just call me Mara because my life's been bitter. She says, blessed be God. Blessed be the Lord. Blessed be he of the Lord. So she's blessing the Lord, and she's blessing the man of the Lord who has not forsaken his kindness to the living and the dead. The dead would be her husband whose decisions still affect her as she's living. His financial decisions leave her very vulnerable. Some men, when they step into eternity, they don't put their affairs in order, and their financial decisions leave their wives and family very vulnerable. But ladies, if that's ever been you, if it was, you just know God's bigger than an inept husband. Or a good man who just wasn't the sharpest tool in the shed. And I speak transparently and openly. Because as a pastor, I can tell you more than once, I've had to pick up the pieces for men who left their wives in a bad situation. Even pastors who left their wives while they're in ministry. And we picked up the rent for their wives and the kids they left behind 30 years ago. And yet... Here, God is bigger than what Naomi would say is bitterness and now she's blessing him of the Lord who is showing kindness upon the living and the dead think how amazing this statement is that's a that's a declaration of faith that it's not all doom and gloom it's not over it's not the end of the story there's 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 a future and a hope. God said through Jeremiah in 29:29, I know my thoughts for you. They're not thoughts of evil. My thoughts are good thoughts. Thoughts to give you a future and a hope. 29:11. Jeremiah. To the people who've been taken away into captivity in Babylon, to the youth who'd lost an entire chance. To youth who'd lost inheritance. We talk about Naomi losing her inheritance. How would you like to lose your inheritance and get hauled off to a different country that speak a different language because of your parents' unbelief and sin upon the land? Huntington Beach, gone. You're gone. Hauled out to some third world country in a concentration camp. That's what happened to the Jews in Babylon. And when God wrote them a letter through Jeremiah the prophet, from an occupied Huntington Beach, if you will. He said, I know God's thoughts for you. There are a future and a hope. Just seek me, do what's right. I'll always honor that. Boaz is the man of blessing. In 2022, we want to be the people of blessing. In your family. In your extended family. In your place of employment. With acquaintances, coworkers, workers Strangers. Let it restrain us from bad attitudes, dispositional thinking, preconceived thinking. Let it restrain us. Let's purpose as a church of Jesus Christ, not just worship generation, but to wake up and walk into a new day on planet earth and say, the Lord be with you. People might not say back in response, the Lord bless you but we already know he is blessing us because our God's a blessing God. Boaz is not the hero, although he certainly could be a hero, but because this is the people of covenant, the promises of God, and the messianic line of Jesus Christ, Boaz is the vessel. Boaz is the vessel of grace that can make a difference. He's not the hero. He's the vessel of grace. In fact, he said to her later on, The Lord repay your work, and full reward be given you by the Lord God of Israel. He made sure, as a disclaimer in speaking to Ruth, that all the blessings she'd ever received through his life, that it was the Lord, not him. We talked about this Tuesday. We like to be the hero. Here's five bucks in Jesus' name. Like God said to purge that from me. I like to be the hero. I like field goal kickers that win the game on the last play and get like all the big guys. Lift them up. I like that. I'm like, yeah, I got yes. Like Rudy. You know like I like that stuff. No. The hero of this story has always been Jesus Christ. That is the only hero, but Boaz is the vessel. Now Ruth is the recipient. She represents the people around the world that we have reached and are hoping to reach in 2022. That's who she represents. Because we're under the Great Commission. Jesus said to the church, all authority has been given to me on heaven and earth. Go therefore now on this authority and make disciples of all nations. Closed borders, mandated vaccine passports, whatever. You don't think the living God who shed his blood on the cross and has tongues of fire literally on the day of Pentecost isn't bigger than French laws, German laws, and any other crazy laws that human governments come up with when they're in rebellion to God or think they're doing the best they can as they see the world with their worldview? Is Jehovah limited God of Mount Sinai? The burning bush? Tongues of fire, is he limited? Ever? Of course not. It's his story. History is his story. And he's writing history through us right now, the church. In 2022. There are recipients like us who are waiting like Ruth to to receive that grace and to know that favor. We're kind of like Boaz, but we're not the hero. Jesus is the hero. Because whatever you give is because God gave it to you. And every we give is because God lets us give it. There's no hero here except Jesus Christ the right hand of the father but we can bless recipients we are recipients and we can bless other recipients we have received grace and we can show grace and that's what we're going to do that's that's what we want to do that's why we're alive you know we're alive as a church to walk in grace and to extend grace and to show blessing and benevolence and love and kindness and goodness to make the world a better place that's why we're alive we're here we are the hands and feet of Jesus right we know that We receive things and we want to bless people. Let God bless you in 2022. Ask God, like the prayer of Jabez, to bless you more in the things of the spirit, in the things that are practical, for good health, for strength, for wisdom beyond your capacities and your cognitive skills, to interpret dreams like Daniel did and Joseph. Ask God to crank it up. To turn up the volume of the kingdom in our hearts. To stir up the fire. A bruised reed he doesn't break, and a smoking flax he doesn't quench. So the opposite is a bruised reed he makes strong. And a smoking flax is not quenched, becomes a burning fire. That's Jehovah. That's Yahweh. That's Yeshua. That's the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost working in his church. We need to raise our expectations and let. Be recipients of the blessings and be a blessing. I spoke with someone, and this is something that's really important. I spoke with someone. They called me this week. And when they call me, they're calling for a reason. They used to go to Worship Generation back in the day at Big Calvary. They're in ministry. So I have to tell you, I'm calling because our church had, you know, tens of thousands of dollars at the end of the year we didn't think we'd have. And I just convinced the board to give it all the way to missions. And I cited WG. I I said, Joey Brown would give this away. Like, I'm not the hero, though, remember? He goes, I told them we should give, that we should sell this in missions right now. And he goes, and they went for it. I'm calling to tell you that that really makes me happy. This was a young man sitting at Calvary Costa Mesa 18 years ago. And now he's in his upper 30s. He said, but I got to tell you something more. I've watched all my friends lap me in the economic cycle of life. He goes, I've been a, a renter with three kids, I serve still as a youth pastor. And he goes, and i watch watched all these people move on that I went to school with, their own homes, multiple homes. But God allowed our family to be in this beautiful home here at half the price. Our, our landlord should be charging us $2,800, whatever, and he charges us $1,200 for the last eight years. And I go, that's God's favor. God gave you favor in his sight, and he's blessing you. And he goes, yeah, and now the landlord has told me he's going to give us the house. And he's a Christian, the landlord, but not to, at the church. And I go, I go, that's a smart landlord because he knows he's moving toward eternity and he can't take it with him. And our God's a blessing God and he's blessing you. And he goes, Joey, I can't tell you how many times I left the youth pastor conferences thinking, when, how am I going to make this happen? How am I going to provide a house for my family? He goes, and this man is, is going to give us this house. I said, the earth is the Lord's and everything there in it. It's never about the money. It's about the heart. Our God's a blessing God. You found favor in the eyes of your landlord. And he, he, he's leaving. Like, I mean, the smartest thing a man, and he's probably my age, is to realize, like, I'm on the way out. If you don't give it away, you don't leave, leave it behind. Designate or do something with it. But it made me so happy. He's like, yeah, so this guy who's trusting the Lord in his late 30s, watches friends own, own multiple houses that he went to school with, is telling me, yeah, I had favor for eight years with the rent at $1,200 a month for a three-bedroom, two-bath house. And now the landlord says, who goes to another church, I'm going to give it to you. That's our God. Be the recipient of the blessings. Just serve the Lord. Be kind. Serve Naomi. Love Naomi. Stand with the widow who has no one standing with her. Be that person. Stand with the orphan. Be the blessing. Give to the poor so bountifully. And God will take care of you. What you need, he'll give you. It's that simple. With the generous, the Lord shows himself generous. And if you sow bountifully, you'll reap bountifully with your life. It, just, it was like, I got out the phone. I was like, oh, I love that guy. I love that guy. It's like a son in the faith. He goes, Joey, I have dads in the faith, but you're like Uncle Joey from WG. And he goes, I had to call Uncle Joey down there in OC and tell him, like, dude, I got them to give all the money away. And my landlord's giving me the house. I was like, dude, you get it. That's the kingdom. That's the way it works. Isn't that what we're a part of? Isn't that what we want to be a part of? It should be. Boaz is the benevolent leader and the vessel. Ruth is the recipient. And finally, that closing thought, which the text makes clear, the Lord is over it all, which is how we started. In a universe where all the focus of the universe, the angels, the innumerable angels, they're all watching this moment where Boaz and Ruth are having this conversation. Like every angel's like going, it says in Peter the angels wanted to know the things of the, the gospel. Like every angel's like, what's going on? They don't know the story. What's going on? What? The Lord is over it all. There are no coincidences of the kingdom of God. Just divine plans and purposes playing out through his people. And the more we're all in, the more likely we'll be right smack in the middle of our lane, thriving at what we're called to do. There are the vessels of benevolence. There are the recipients of benevolence. But the Lord is over it all. We need to know that the Lord is over our life. He's over our days. He's over our health. He's over our fears. He's over our losses. He's over our failures. He's over our hopes and dreams. Jehovah, whose son's name is Yeshua, Lord of the universe, is over it all. For all things are by him and for him and of him, and all things consist. It's like Joe's shirt back there, Jesus, right there. Right there, Jesus. He's over it all. So we get to come here and praise his name, be encouraged, be stirred up, and make a difference. And like all other generations, we'll step into eternity. I'm already thinking about 2031, 2041, 2051. Now I'm thinking like 2071 when I'm long gone and what I want the church to be doing with wealth that I can pass on after I'm gone. That's how you want to think. Think how many blessings Pastor Chuck has passed on since being gone in eternity for the last eight years. Think how much fruit just continues to go on with dividends and investments for all eternity while he's in eternity. See a bigger vision, see a bigger kingdom, WG. Be the vessel of benevolence and be the recipient of benevolence for the Lord is over it all. Be a part of this story of redemption live this story of redemption, be this story of redemption. May God give us favor with people around us, above us, beside us, and below us. And may we have testimonies for all eternity of his goodness in our life and the availability that allowed him to do even greater things beyond just his benevolence toward humanity.